0: As real estate agents, we do need to embrace technology and we do need to uh, think of ways that we can provide our services to clients in a way that does not compromise our health or their health or a potential uh, buyer or seller's health. So we, that was kind of one of the big takeaways was, was learning technology, embracing technology, because I think This is going to be around moving forward, and the agents that uh, get it and implement it and get better at it will be the agents that come out of this super strong.
1: You're listening to The Real Estate Sessions. I'm your host, Bill Risser. Listen in as I interview leaders in our industry, getting their stories and their journeys to the world of real estate. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 234 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. I'm sticking around Tampa Bay this week. I am going to be interviewing a realtor with Florida Executive Realties. His name is Jay Quigley. Jay Quigley is heavily involved in a lot of different areas of the business. Most importantly for me, he is a secretary at the Greater Tampa Realtors. He's on the board of directors with the Florida Association of Realtors. This is a guy who's all about serving, giving back. Uh, I'm going to have a great conversation and I believe he's also a native of Tampa, which is amazing. Jay, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, thanks, Bill, for having me. I'm honored.
1: Yeah, no, I've, I've wanted to have you on the show for quite a while. Um, you know, you, you've, you've been reaching out to me and, and we've connected in, in a way that um, I can tell that this is really where you want to be. You're doing what you love. Is that a fair assessment?
0: Oh, 100%. Uh, this, <laughs> yeah. this real estate stuff is really just uh, become my passion and helping others. And so I am super happy in the place that I am right now.
1: I love to hear that. Love it. Um, I think I may be chatting with one of the 37 Tampa natives. Is that, is that true?
0: <laughs> that is 100% true. Uh, I, I joke around when somebody asks, or actually when I tell people that I'm a native, you know, They look at me like I have three heads, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the dumb ones that never left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we say Tampa. Did you grow up in Tampa proper? Tell me the neighborhood, because those that live here know it well. Those listening around the country, let's give them a sense of what part of Tampa you're, you grew up in. Certainly.
0: Uh, I'm actually a second-generation Tampa person. My daughter would be the third generation. Wow. Uh, I grew up in what is commonly referred to as town and country. Uh, about a block away from Lato High School. I lived there probably about 15 years of my life, and there was some development going on in the area with respect to what is now known as the uh, expressway. And there were three paths that this expressway was going to take, and one of them uh, was going to come perilously close to the home that my family was in. So in the middle of ninth grade, during the Christmas break, I went from one neighborhood to another neighborhood, put me in a whole nother school, whole nother set of books. Uh, It was probably one of the toughest, toughest
1: transitions in my life. That is always rough. How old were you at this time? 15. 15. That is so tough. That's a really tough time (laughs) to be making that kind of a move. So town and country for people that don't know that if I was to say Uh, you know, a few miles north of the airport. Is that kind of a safe way to kind of lay out where that area is?
0: Yeah, a few miles north of the airport, just north of the Courtney Campbell Causeway is probably Mm -hmm. a good uh, spot uh, anywhere between Hillsborough Avenue and Waters Avenue. And then you can go all the way to Sheldon Road and where the current expressway is that crosses over Hillsborough Avenue. We moved when I was 15 over to the Woodbridge area, which is near Hanley Road. And uh, back in those days, Bill, uh, that area, West Chase was farmland. And I had friends that went to Jefferson High School as you know, high schoolers on Saturday nights. we'd go out to their farm out there where West Chase is now, and just have a big old bonfire playing, you know, music from the 80s, the Beatles, all kinds of stuff. It was really a a different time.
1: If I was to ask you one thing, let's talk about that one thing from the 80s other than the bonfire parties, because those are awesome, uh, that that you reminisce about or think about, or if I'm going to do a post on Facebook and I'm going to type in, what's that one thing you remember? You know, for me in San Diego, it was one thing. What's that thing for you here in Tampa?
0: (sighs) Being here my entire life, I've seen so much change. and it's it's interesting because I can be tooling down the road and I'll hear a song from, you know, my childhood or my, my high school or middle school time frame. And I just go back and sometimes it'll remind me of a place that I've been here in Tampa, remind me of people that are no longer in Tampa uh, I think what I miss most about the '80s and about the Tampa area is that we had a really vibrant uh, local radio scene. We had some real characters in the '80s. Uh, some of them continue to broadcast today. Uh, Mason Dixon, for number for one, is just you know a legend in this area. Uh, Marvelous Marvin Boone is another. Just a bunch of local radio guys. And what I miss about the '80s and the '90s is the local flavor of radio. It has changed so much, and when you listen to local terrestrial radio, you might have live jocks in the morning, and you might have live jocks in the afternoon, but for the most part, they just, you know, flip on voice tracks, or they flip it over to the bird and you're listening to, you know, Ryan Seacrest or somebody else, which is not local, has no local flair, no local personality, so I'd have to say that's what I miss about the 80s.
1: Wow, what a segue. This is amazing. So, Jay, have you ever had an alias? Have you ever gone by another name? I'm just curious. Is there something out there? If I looked online, what would I find?
0: Have you found any (laughs) FBI posters with my face on it?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I I, I know that radio personalities love to have two first names. And I was so happy to see that our own Jay Quigley (laughs) here in Tampa actually was a DJ back in the day. This is you're talking about you're a teenager, right? Or just right out of high school when you were doing when you were working in radio? Yeah,
0: I was uh in I was a senior in high school and uh I was destined to get in. I would sweep floors, I'd do whatever I could to get inside the radio building and uh so I I started doing some interning work uh, as a senior in high school. So I was 17. This would have been probably 1986.
1: What's your, what was your name on air when you made it on air? Well, Jay Quigley is absolutely horrendous uh, from a radio
0: name. I can't think of one that is worse than that. Uh, so what I did was I just took my first and my middle name and I went by Jay Scott.
1: You fit right in there like everybody else who just takes two first names, you know, for their for their radio name. Um, and and I have a special treat for the listeners. In fact, we're gonna play this right now, Jay. Jay. Jay, sent me this great clip, and it is it is kind of a top of the hour, kind of a rejoin kind of a thing. And listen to Jay Scott hit the post.
0: Lane 91 is WPLA Plant City, serving Tampa, St. Petersburg, Clearwater, and all of Tampa Bay. Now more of your all-time favorite music with Jay Scott. Play 91. Music coming up this hour. We're going to hear from the Turtles and Fleetwood Mac. Right now it's Firefall on Play 91. You are the woman that I've always... Jay, that was awesome. Look at you talking that up. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, I didn't eat that one. Believe me, I've got some, uh, bloopers, <laughs> some blooper tape that I share with my daughter so she can see that dad... Uh, as she knows, Dad is not perfect. He's even further from perfect when she listens to me eat a few of those intros.
1: I also know that you were doing some like board op stuff in the sports world, right? <sighs> you always
0: have a way of just threading <laughs> sports into the conversation.
1: I'm trying. I try.
0: I, I love that, man. You you have such a recipe that I'm gonna I'm gonna do some R and D. I'm gonna rip off and duplicate. Okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> go for it. Go for
0: it. <laughs> Well, actually, in probably 1987 or so, I got my first real on-air job. I had done some weekend work and some overnight work at some radio stations here in town. I uh, worked for uh, as an 18-year-old working overnights on Friday and Saturday nights at the local Catholic radio station, WBVM 90.5. Uh, At the time, I was not saved and I didn't care and I didn't I didn't even think that I might get hit by lightning walking into that studio. But uh, I did that for several months and realized it was really hard to have a real job during the week and then flip an overnight shift, actually two overnight shifts on the weekend. So that was really very, very difficult. So then I got a gig at WPLA in Plant City. It was AM 910. Uh, Their little thing, as you heard on the legal ID, was Play 91. And we actually ran Buccaneer games and we ran Cincinnati Reds games. So I got to be the board op when Joe Nuxall and Marty Brenneman were calling the shots when, you know, the Reds were actually doing spring training right in Plant City.
1: Ah, so it was spring training games. Did they also run like, the regular season into Plant City just because it was the team? 100%. Wow. So you're taking a feed out of wherever they're out on the road and then just so I get this right, I've always kind of imagined this when they're when they're giving you that station ID break and I hear the the announcer say that in my in the hometown, you're the guy quickly running that quick little, you know, legal ID for your station
0: or putting in commercials uh, whatever it, whatever was needed from a local standpoint, they would give you little windows that you could uh, add your information in, so it had a local sound, and then you would rejoin the network broadcast.
1: My guess is you had to pay attention. Tell me, tell me, did you ever miss something because you weren't quite? quite paying attention to the Reds game like you should have been. Or, or maybe I was in the
0: bathroom, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are lots of those stories, I'm sure, where, you know, is there is, is there a ring from a program director or something like when there's dead air, do you get a phone call?
0: Oh, so funny. A great, great story, actually. I was working for W101 100.7 <laughs> and uh, we were running a show called Dick Clark's Rock, Roll and Remember and it would be shipped in on a weekly basis on four records. And you would then put the record on, hit your local stuff, and then go right into the record, and you'd have about 15 to 20 minutes of complete music, then some national commercials, and then we would bring it down and put in our local commercials. And while the locals are playing, you would queue up and then be ready to go back to the record. Well, being stupid and dumb at 18... Uh, I started the record and then I went over to the AM side to hang out with my buddy and just chat. Right. So we're (laughs) hanging out, shooting the crap and the little hotline light starts lighting up in the there is actually a little light that flashes in the studio. And my buddy picks it up and I can only hear his side of the conversation. It's like, yeah. okay, I'll let him know. And he hangs up, he goes, he goes, dude, the record's skipping. So I go, Oh. I go running into that production room. And sure enough, Donna Summer was just skipping and skipping and skipping. And so I pull it down. I move the needle over just a little bit. I start it up, pull it back up. Everything's running fine. I go to walk out of the room again and it starts skipping again.
1: Oh, Nelly. So <laughs> so
0: we we put it on another turntable where the needle was properly balanced and life was good.
1: All good. Yeah, I love those stories. It's this for for the younger crowd listening, you're like, what are these old guys talking about? But man, that was our life. I loved it. So, so you're here your whole entire life. Your first professional sports team that showed up here was
0: Right behind me, baby, right behind me. Yeah. The Buccaneers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Bucs were your first team. Uh, and and quite a quite an adventure um early on. You know, one of the best lines ever in sports history, John McKay's, uh, what do you th- what do you think about the execution of your team? And his response was, yeah, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you still support the Buccaneers? You're a local guy. It's your team, right?
0: 100%. And, you know, I was sure. really, really blessed uh, in 2002 when they actually, well, 2001, when they had that phenomenal season. I was a season ticket holder and the Bucks went to the Super Bowl. And uh, before we had kids, you could do stupid stuff. And we did a stupid thing and we bought Super Bowl tickets and the package. And I got to go to San Diego and watch my Buccaneers beat the LA Raiders or was it the Oakland Raiders? I can't tell what they were back then.
1: Congratulations. I I grew up in San Diego. So I was in Phoenix at that time, but I grew up in San Diego. I've never experienced a home team championship of any kind. So I always, you know, when... You know, with someone from Boston or New York or whatever. Uh, we'll just move on. I don't want to get in trouble. You do, though, leave the radio industry. You, you decide to go back to school. What did you go back to school for?
0: A paralegal certificate.
1: Okay. And, and where did that come from? Do you know somebody or is there somebody that kind of teed that up to you?
0: Yeah. I was working at a talk radio network. And when you do the screenings of the callers, you get to know some of the callers because they call in all the time. And one particular caller was going to paralegal school, and I thought, "Hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more about it." She gave me some details, and I thought, "You know, I'm going to check into this." And that really was the genesis of me going back to school. Wow,
1: you 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 were in that career for a long time—twenty five years. Twenty five years. So you you start off, I'm sure, at a certain sort of a level. You you went and worked for attorneys, but then ultimately, you don't you build your own company. I talk about that.
0: Once my daughter was born, my wife and I both were working for big firms and it got to a point where we needed to pivot from a family standpoint because so many times this little baby would come down with the the mung or the croup or whatever. And it was always like, well, I can't leave because I'm busy. Well, You got to leave. Well, I don't, you know, it was, it was crazy. So I stepped back and said, you know what? You go ahead and do the accounting thing, and I'm going to do paralegal work on the side at home, and I'm going to play Mr. Mom, and I loved it, Bill. It was
1: amazing. Yeah, and, and eventually we have to get you to real estate. So let's talk about that transition because you have this firm, you have this company, and this you kind of have a thing set up that's working well for you. What happened?
0: Well, I decided that I wanted to do something where I felt like I could make a difference in somebody's life. And as a paralegal, you're only interested in uh, your own client's interests. And, uh, you know, it's not always for the good of all. It's, it's really adversarial at times and really kind of it can be a very negative environment. And so thinking out loud and just kind of talking to somebody on an off on a whim, quite honestly, somebody said, hey, uh, you want to go take a real estate class with me? And I looked at him and I said, dude, I can't afford that. And they said, well, how about if I pay? And I said, okay, sign me up. So that's literally, I had been thinking about getting out of the legal business so I could have my own clients. And this opportunity arose. I took the class, uh, passed the exam, and then I got into real estate.
1: So you entered the world of real estate about five years ago. I'm uh, good on the timeline. Yes, sir. Okay. And you went... Uh, your company that you are with now, Florida Executive Realty, that's your first company. You've stayed with them since the start. Yes, sir. Let's Absolutely. talk about that interview process. You know, I've had Doug on the uh, podcast. He is a very interesting guy with a very interesting story and really kind of a powerful presence. Let's talk about you and meeting Doug for the first time.
0: Mm, that's a good one too, because I really think it was kind of a celestial kind of thing. Um, I had come home from one of the big box uh, brokerages having an interview. And having come from a big law firm, I felt like maybe I needed to be with a big real estate company with branding and this and that. And so I had pretty much made up my mind I was going to join one of those big box uh, real estate companies. And as I'm coming home through Tampa Palms, serendipity, you know, I look over and I see Florida Executive Realty. Now I've passed this building for 15 years living in this neighborhood. (laughs) I see this real estate building and I say, Hmm, maybe I should give them a call. So I pull into the house. I I, I break out the phone and I give uh, Michelle Weinhold a call and said, Hey, uh, my name is Jay Quigley. I just got my real estate license. I think I'm going to sign up down the road, but I really think that I'd like to meet with you guys and see what you have to offer. And, uh, she said she'd check with the broker. She called me back a few minutes later, and the next day I had an interview.
1: And so you walk into Doug's office. First of all, it's a pretty impressive office. I've been there. Talk about, talk about that interview. Well,
0: it was so relaxed, it was so down to earth. Um, you know, everywhere else that I had interviewed, the, the focus seemed to be on money, transactions, uh, caps. Uh, commissions. It seemed like it was money first and then how to do it later. And for Doug, uh, one of the questions that really kind of sealed my fate there, because uh, I was interviewing him as much as he was interviewing me, because I didn't want to make a mistake. Um, I'd been around the block a few times in the legal world, and I really wanted to try to make a good first decision. So uh, during the course of our conversation, I asked you know, about the education, and then I said, okay. And can you share with me what your what your company's mission or vision statement is? And I remember this like it was the other day. He smiles at me and he opens the drawer to his uh, to his desk and he pulls out a piece of paper and slips it across the table. And as I start reading this, I see that their mission and their vision basically paraphrases the golden rule right out of the book of Matthew from the Bible and. Uh, at that point, I knew where I needed to go.
1: I can only imagine that all of that that 25 years in the legal world has to be an advantage for you as a realtor. Is that a safe assessment?
0: Well, I'm certainly comfortable with the details because as mm-hmm. a paralegal, we are, we are mired in the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's our job is to make sure that no detail gets passed. So From a contract management standpoint, I think it certainly helps. From a negotiation standpoint, I dealt with negotiating claims. So I kind of understood that. So I I do slip that information out to prospective sellers and buyers, what my past is and how I think that gives them an advantage if they allow me to serve them.
1: We're right in the middle of uh, the pandemic as we record this episode. We are both in what are fortunately deemed essential um, you know, businesses. And so we continue on doing the work uh, that we've done before, but just much differently, right? You're doing things virtually. Um, we have to get signatures. So we're doing parking lot curbside signings and things and, and not letting anyone into the office anymore, but, but we can still close transactions. Um, you did a panel this week with a, a, a few of the top agents around Tampa. And you were talking about you know this the current you know kind of COVID nineteen environment. Can you share a couple of takeaways from from the panel you, you moderated?
0: Yeah, it was a great great um, conversation. We had um, we had an attorney online, we had a commercial real estate agent, we had a couple of real uh, residential real estate agents. So it was a it was a nice uh, cross section. And you know the big takeaway is that. There's just so much that's still uncertain. And, you know, that isn't uh, really all that groundbreaking. But what is groundbreaking is that as real estate agents, we do need to embrace technology and we do need to uh, think of ways that we can provide our services to clients in a way that does not compromise our health or their health or a potential uh, buyer or seller's health so we that was kind of one of the big takeaways was was learning technology embracing technology because I think this is going to be around moving forward and the agents that uh, get it and implement it and get better at it will be the agents that come out of this super strong
1: right uh, you know i've done a dozen Sessions on how to use Zoom better, how to be a better host and be safer. And I say every time, you're going to be using this after this is all over. And there may be another one down the road, but but I think whenever we get back to whatever that new normal is, this tech that we're all embracing is going to be just a part of the, a part of our lives. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. get it learned, get it going. I love that. A lot of people that I've had on the podcast are very involved in in volunteering at the association level. I don't think real estate works without these people that decide to give up their own time to try to really help and, you know, make the industry a better place. So in, in under five years, you've already served um, as a director at GTR. You're currently the secretary at GTR, I think, right? You're, cool. you're on the board. Uh, you're a director uh, at FAR, which is the Florida Association of Realtors. Tell me, tell me why it's so important for you to volunteer and be a part of this process.
0: Wow. Well, it's interesting. I kind of took the same blueprint that I did in the legal field and just kind of tailored it for the real estate field. I was a young paralegal coming out of radio, had no idea what I was doing as a paralegal. So I got involved in my local association, started hanging around with people smarter than me. And before you knew it, I was actually president of the local Tampa Bay Paralegal Association. So when I made this transition, I thought, wow, there's so much I don't know about real estate. My broker is doing a great job giving me uh, his perspectives and his wisdom, but I wanted to be around other people that have been around the block, doing what I do, boots on the ground. And so uh, working with people at the board, I got to be around people way smarter than me, way more uh, experienced than I was. And what's amazing is not only the relationships that you build, but your professionalism actually elevates as a result. And that's exactly what I saw. I was putting a lot of hours in and volunteer, yet I had probably one of the most productive years from a from a transaction standpoint than I had prior.
1: Wow. Tell me, uh, tell me how things are going at GTR. You know, I, I love Dennis. Uh, Darlene's your president. She's—I met her at Immen for the first time. She was, she was a lot of fun. How are things going down there?
0: Things are going great. Um, we're obviously pivoting as a result of this COVID nineteen. We have uh, partnered with uh, the Pinellas Realtor Organization across the bay, which uh, I, I fully support partnerships w- amongst the boards. I think that. In our area, I certainly have no problem zipping over to uh, Pinellas to sell property or list property. And I think agents over there have no problem coming over to Tampa. So it's really a contiguous geographic area that I think if we are able to harness all of that energy, harness the excitement of what it is to be a great real estate agent, uh, partnering up and doing things together is is probably the wave of the
1: future. So you're a local telling me that you'll go across a bridge. Cause I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I learned early when I moved here three years ago. People don't like crossing bridges in Tampa and St. Pete. Well <laughs> you know it's funny you say that, but every time I cross either the
0: Howard Franklin or the Courtney Campbell, uh, as I'm crossing, I I'm, you know, you can look over the side and you can see the water and you can see the coastline and it's like I really do live in paradise, and I take yeah. this for for granted.
1: Yeah, I, I well, well, I've been here three years. Grew up in San Diego. I completely agree with you. I love the bridges. <laughs> I love oh. driving over water. Yeah, it's it's one mm-hmm. of the best things here. Um, you're a very tech savvy guy. I, I know some of the things you're doing are you know kind of in, um, ahead of the game and ahead of the curve. Do you mind kind of just sharing what you know your tech stack looks like, or are there certain apps you can't live without, or you know just to kind of help somebody who's listening that might you know pick up a tip.
0: Well, you know, from a technology standpoint, I try to use the tools that are provided to us by our brokerage, and every brokerage has a different slate of tools that are provided. Some are free, some you have to pay for. Uh, Same thing with what we provide at GTR. We provide some incredible free benefits or highly, highly discounted benefits that many of our members are just so focused on. You know, trying to to get to the transaction that they don't realize they have this this wealth, this this toolbox, if you will, full of tools at their ready. So things like Remind, and I know you've done some great teaching on Remind. Uh, that's a great resource. Uh, Homesnap is another great resource that people should be using. RPR, again, you are on the cutting edge, Bill. Of not only taking the technology, but also sharing it with us realtors. And I've had the, the pleasure of sitting in several of your classes, and I walk out of there with uh, an actionable step that I try to implement immediately. Because I think so many times as real estate agents, we go to these things, we, we try to learn, but then we fail to do the, the logical next step, which is to implement it.
1: All right, well, thank you for the kind words there. I appreciate it. I'm doing the math real quick in my head. 25 plus 5 is 30, a little bit of radio time. You've been in the business a while. What do you see for Jay and your family five years from now? What's happening for you? Uh, that's a great question.
0: I want to continue to help our profession become better educated. Uh, I want to continue to help other real estate agents uh, reach their potential. I feel like I have somewhat of a coaching bug inside of me where I like to, to lift others up. I, I don't know if I had mentioned to you, but just recently I was approved by Florida Realtors to uh, begin teaching a class as a faculty member, which is super, super, uh, a super honor. And, um, and I, I, I've been teaching real estate classes, pre, pre-licensing classes for brokers and agents and post-licensing. And so I I feel like I have this teaching coaching thing and uh, I am actually taking some steps to work out a plan for maybe some sort of coaching platform where I can help people in the different phases of real estate that uh, they may be in. Nice.
1: Nice. Jay, I've had you here the half hour I asked of your time. So you know what's coming. You listen to the podcast. I'm gonna ask you the same question everybody's gotten in the last five years, and that's uh, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started?
0: Do not be afraid to ask questions. and i'm gonna I'm gonna go even deeper. Do not be afraid to be the dumbest person in the room because I have found that if you walk in, thinking you know more than you don't, or uh, maybe it's just a a protection kind of thing, I believe that you are not going to achieve what's possible. So team up with a a mentor, team up with a broker that has a heart for teaching or mentoring. Uh, I think that those are ways that as a new real estate agent, that's how you set yourself up for a tremendous win. And, and, And finally, based on what we've already talked about. Embrace technology. If you're an older person getting into the real estate field, don't be afraid to embrace the technology and understand it. And if you don't, find somebody who can help you out. There are so many people out there that are willing to help, but you have to make the first step and ask.
1: Jay, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in touch?
0: Well, they can reach me on my cell phone. Uh, That number is 813-846-5672. They can search me up online. I am pretty much everywhere uh, trying to just have a little spot where people can find me if they're looking me up before they hire me as their real estate consultant. Uh, My email address is jay at quigley.net, Q-U-I-G-L-E-Y.net. And uh, I poke around on social media as Jay sells Tampa.
1: Nice. Jay, this is great. I mean, I knew this was going to be a wonderful episode. Thank you so much for, for sharing, you know, kind of your vision of of where you see things should be going. And I think it's so critical. I'm going to kind of, I'm, I'm going to really push hard on people to, to take to heart what you said about the tech side of things. It's easy for me because that's kind of my role to do that. But when I hear somebody else saying it, I think that's really powerful. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Bill. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast. To leave a review or a rating, go to ratethispodcast.com/re-sessions. You can also subscribe to the podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. Finally, you can go to the com and subscribe to our email newsletter and be notified whenever a new episode is released.